We are I. Good morning, everybody. Post Labor Day long weekend. We're getting back into that regular time of year where, you know, kids go back to school and everybody gets back into their regular routines. And one of the things that I know about this time of year is we get sunk more into our daily lives. But, you know, here we have like a couple really big things to be to be chatting about that I think are going unrecognized. You know, a few of these things are political, but not political as in like, you know, policy or, you know, anything along those lines. I guess one of them kind of is. But I just, I don't hear people talking about these really important issues. And it concerns me more and more all the time because it goes to show me how disenfranchised we are from matters that actually matter, from topics that actually matter, that that we should be having discussion and debate about. You know, one of them is the conservative party leadership race is coming to an end and there's going to be a new conservative party, you know, leader in the next, I think, few weeks. You know, but like, that's, that's real. And I think everybody pretty much knows that Pierre is going to be the guy who's going to take this and he's going to lead the charge and, you know, how the conservative party has quadrupled their membership in places like Nova Scotia and Newfoundland and Labrador and, and British Columbia. You know, I think that's the most significant, you know, part of all of this is that the Conservative Party has quadrupled their membership in British Columbia. Now, one thing that we do know as Canadians or one thing that we should know as Canadians is that Justin Trudeau has lost the popular vote by an exponential margin every single time. Every single time. He has lost by the worst margin or the most margin than any other prime minister ever in Canadian history, has also triggered the most expensive election in Canadian history and lost the popular vote by the biggest margin, by the most lengthy margin. But now that we have this big movement, this groundswell, you know, coming into the next election, which may or may not be until, you know, 2025, or is it 2024? That's my faux pas right there. But it should be this year. That's the thing. If Justin Trudeau didn't, you know, trigger that election two years ago now, it would have been this year. You know, but granted that the Conservative Party wouldn't have had this kind of groundswell if it wasn't for the failed policies and the failed, you know, mindset of Justin Trudeau. You know, and if Jake Singh, if he breaks this Liberal NDP coalition, which you know, in the political space could happen in the fall. And that's going to immediately trigger an election. And it looks like that the conservatives will get a majority government. You know, but how many how many people really know that in detail? And, you know, like, why is that important to you? Is because, you know, like this has major, major implications on the, the how Canada is going to be run in the future. Right now, we have a neighboring province of Alberta, you know, is not only passed legislation, their MLAs got together and passed legislation in Alberta that there can never be any more restrictions like the COVID restrictions in Alberta. 
there's actual law passed now saying that this will never happen again to Alberta residents. So if there's ever any pandemic, anything, people are going to be flocking to Alberta. I would find it hard to believe that Saskatchewan wouldn't follow suit knowing the, the avenue that they took through COVID and being the first to be able to stand out there and say enough is enough. But not only that is that now that Justin Trudeau has claimed this war on farmers, Alberta wants to invoke this emergencies act, or the Sovereignty Act. You know, like that, that's where our country is. So when you look out here in the West, you know, looking at how, how strong of a conservative foothold that we have in the West, and granted our elections are determined in the East, you know, but nobody can deny what's happening here, the, how powerful that is and how this change needs to be made. And, you know, hopefully when we get some conservatives in government and hopefully we have a majority government you know, under the conservative leadership and hopefully, you know, Pierre follows through with everything that he said he was going to do, like defunding the CBC, you know, like preventing these, you know, COVID restrictions from coming again, like scrapping the Arrive Canap, all of these things. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, but on, on top of that, you know, we have everything that's going on with Russia and the Ukraine where people want to jump on that bandwagon and just say like, you know, oh, we want to follow these Ukrainians. We want to, you know, we want to support these Ukrainians. But Ukraine is going to be one of the most failed states if they ever are successful coming out of this war with Russia. They're going to owe trillions and trillions of dollars they are going to be in debt for centuries not decades for centuries they are going to be in debt because places like um the uk were in debt for a century before they claimed to have their hole with the united states but on top of that this is one of these things where you know People want to feel because they're so uneducated on this topic that, you know, Russia is being starved and they're not getting any money. Well, right now, Russian oil, if you're looking at Russian oil itself and take this into consideration. This is the point that all these people on, you know, Twitter and, you know, Google and all these different, you know, news outlets are failing to remember. Yes, Russian oil right now making about $26 billion a month. But it's during the slowest, absolute slowest part of the year for energy consumption. So people want to say, oh, well, you know, like we've put these strong economic sanctions on Russia. Well, they're still making $26 billion a month. But again, we know that in the late fall, that the European Union is going to have to drop some of these sanctions because their people are going to freeze to death. Now, in the last week since I've recorded anything about this, the Russian oil company said, no, we're not going to turn it back on. This is your fucking problem. You put sanctions on us trying to squeeze us. But now you want to, you need us. You're going to say, no, 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 we'll buy some now. They're saying, no, we're not going to turn those pipelines back on. What are you going to do now? You wanted to meddle and you wanted to get involved where you shouldn't have gotten involved. You know, but now you're going to be mad at us. You're saying, well, Russia's this big, bad monster. They're not turning on this oil pipeline or these pipelines. And, you know, these people are going to freeze to death. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? This is the problem with this liberal socialist Marxist mindset. It's like, what did you think was going to happen when you pissed somebody off?
that when you wanted to be their friend again, they were going to stick out their hand? When you slap somebody in the face, when you tip over your bowl of rice, like that is known. That has happened. That has happened. Now you can't go back from that. You can't just be like, well, you know, I didn't mean that. I said to go along with it. And that's the problem with the West. So when you slap anybody in the face at any point in time and still look at them and be like, why are you upset? Because anybody with ethics and morals, anybody with standards is going to understand that when you get slapped in the face, you should be upset. You shouldn't look at that person and be like, well, you know, it's okay that you slap me in the face. No. Because that person who slaps you in the face, their ethics and their morals are like a sail in the wind. They constantly shift because they have no platform to be able to stand on. And all of this, all of this is just all based around resources. Because the one thing that nobody wants to do right now is use the resources in their own country because they realize there's no longevity in that. They're going to get resources from other countries and use those up first. They're going to take over other countries and use their, their theirs first. It's like just because the United States, in a semi-more diplomatic way, takes over countries for their natural resources, and Russia does it in a slightly different way, and China does it in a slightly different way, they're all doing the same thing. You know, the United States may or may not promote their own wars to be able to go in to countries and don't forget we've understood now it's completely unjustified this war in the Middle East is widely accepted now but United States went in there to be able to air quotes promote democracy that's the way that they did under the guise of promoting democracy in these countries should d democracy be in a country sure I think democracy is a great system but the air behind that is just to control over the natural resources. Yeah, sure. You know, Russia invades Ukraine. It's all about natural resources. What is China doing? They're just buying countries, buying countries. They even Canada. Canada is a bought country of China for our natural resources. So you have three superpowers doing it in different ways. But they're all doing the same thing. So why are we going to get more upset? It's not like when, you know, if anything, China is doing it the more diplomatic way, saying that we don't want to go in and take over your country. We don't want to go kill your people. We just want to buy your shit. And maybe we'll take you over one day, you know, in a century from now or two centuries from now. We will do it, you know, but we're just going to buy it instead. Economically. So, ironically, the most one of the most horrible countries in the world is doing it the most diplomatically. How, do, how does that sink in? How does that marinate? Should taste pretty fucking gross when you think about it. You know, but this is the problem. When you have these kind of conversations with people, nobody wants to get in any in-depth intellectual conversations about world politics that actually have a huge impact on us. And especially if you have kids, you should be talking about these things because they are very concerning because this is the future that we're leaving for them. We should, we need to talk about these things because we have a right and an obligation to be able to mold this future for our future generations or don't have any, which is ironically the way that our country is going. Even with CPP, I was having this conversation with a few people on the weekend. You know, like we've always been told in our generation there's going to be no CP or old age pension left by the time we get there because the baby boomers are going to bleed that system dry. They propped it up and they're going to bleed it dry. 
On top of that, you're coming into baby boomers exercising that program at a time when it's historically lost the most amount of money in the last 10 years. Where's that going to leave all the people after they've spent the last two or three years not working and paying into that system and collecting government handouts, which has raised inflation, which has killed the investments of CPP and old age pension and people's pension plans? They've lost billions of dollars. So where does that leave people in our generation or our future generations? These are things we should actually really be talking about because when inflation gets to where it is and you know Justin Trudeau's failed policies that are creating inflation, do you even correlate how that affects things like old age pension and old age security and how much money that's lost and how much money all the, you know, Operating Engineers Union, how much money they've lost in their pensions, the Teamsters Union has lost in their pensions, the Longshoremen Unions have lost in their pensions, because everybody has lost money in these terrible markets. Sure, there might be some rebound, but what's that rebound really look like? So again, today coming off this Labor Day long weekend... We should be thinking about these kind of things. We should be talking about these kind of things. And it's a problem that we don't. This is why it all goes by the wayside and we've got to where we're at because we all don't sit down as nations and have these kind of conversations with people. So hopefully that can change. So Tuesday after the long weekend, hope everybody has a great day. My question of the day is, are you willing to engage. Are you willing to do some research to be able to engage in just a great, healthy conversation?